There is nothing more glorious than that first moment after a ridiculously stupid winter that you get to step out on your back deck or on your front stoop or just let the sun shine on your face, light up a cigar, and say, I am free of the indoors. That moment is now as Fingers Malloy and I are on the deck, the eat, drink, smoke deck of freedom and happiness. With the Mika Idra Sakakan from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. That right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. Yes, the Sakakan. S-A-K-A-K-H-A-N. Now, we've done some Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust products before. We've done the Mika Idra before, which is a much spicier uh, cigar. And we have done uh, the Sin Compromiso, which I absolutely uh, adore. And the Paladin de Saka. Is is to me one of the better cigars out there. Steve Saka is the guy who made Drew Estate. Drew Estate. I mean, he was their blender. He knows this world. And when he created Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, it's very clear he's on a mission. And the mission is just to have a great time creating great stuff. And anything that isn't great, gotta go. Goodbye. Steve is a weird, interesting, fun character. Fingers Moy and I have interviewed him more than once and spent time with the man. This cigar makes me happy. I had to travel two hours to find this cigar, Fingers Malloy. Had to go from my beloved Indianapolis to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Wow. To make this happen. Rudy's Cigar Shop there is where I found this. This cigar is a seven and a quarter by 54, which means it's seven and a quarter inches long. <laughs> Always makes Fingers Malloy laugh. And the ring gauge is a 54. That's the diameter of the cigar or how thick it is around. <laughs> Again, with the laughter, a 64 ring gauge would be a full one inch around. This is a Connecticut broadleaf wrapper, Mexican San Andreas in the binder, and then a filler uh, that is Dominican, Honduran, and Nicaraguan. And so that, that Mexican San Andreas gets a lot of play these days. A lot of people are using it on the wrapper because it has that sweeter kind of feel to it. Also, could maybe offer you some coffee, offer you some nutty, these kinds of things. And sometimes it's become like, okay, that's the go-to. It's just, it's just Mexican San Andreas. Utilizing it in the binder is an interesting way to add the flavor without making it too pronounced. It's that Connecticut broadleaf that I adore and feel that wrapper fingers Malloy, the slightest bit of oil, the little bit of grit, son of a gun that makes me happy. Yeah, a little veiny as well, right touch of oil. Uh, boy, it feels really good in the hand. It's beefy. It is beefy, right? This is a stick that could also be utilized as a weapon in close quarter <laughs> combat right here. And it is, it's it's actually, you know, sometimes we talk about something being like a, like a muddled, uh, kind of black or, or, or brown. This is 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 much more uniform in its in its coloring, and not purposefully. It's just this leaf is is a medium brown with just shades of darker, as opposed to splotches of of darker brown or or even black in in the wrapper. We have just cut it. We have just lit this. You're going to break this up into thirds. First third, second third, and final third. You're going to break it up in your mind. And then, uh, you know, what are the flavors you're getting out of it? You're going to write that down in the notebook. First of all, what would you eat today? What did you drink today? What is the weather? The weather's perfect. There's the slightest breeze going on. The birds are singing. I don't know if you can hear them. We're literally outside doing the show today. That's how good it is. Uh, and this cigar just bringing Every bit of the joy. We've just lit this up. Fingers, where are you at? 
what's interesting is, you know, right off the bat, I got some pepper, but not a lot of pepper. It's very subtle for me. Uh, a wood note as well. And there's a subtle sweetness that I just can't seem to put my finger on. And maybe it's because I've been chugging coffee all day and that's messing with my palate a little bit. But uh, so far, pepper wood and there's a, just a subtle uh, sweetness that I just can't put my finger on. So so I did not get hit with pepper on this the first time I had this cigar or the second time I had this cigar. Yes, it's the third time I've had this cigar this week. Nice. That's how much. Uh, I'm already telling you the answer is 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 yes. That pepper was in a little bit of undertow. This has a, a nuttiness to it. There's a little uh, a touch of, of, of almost a, a sugary kind of profile uh, to this. And there is that wood. All three of those things, I think, are working in this perfect harmony of maybe the easiest draw I've had in a long time. This is There's a lot to this cigar. When Fingers said it was beefy, he wasn't screwing around. This is a heavy, heavy smoke. The Saka Khan, Mika Idra, from a Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. He, he, wasn't, he wasn't joking. That's exactly where it's at. But the draw on this is 1,000% perfect. I mean, spectacular. It is, and I'm really interested to see how these notes... Uh, play over time you said that this is your third cigar and uh and and to me uh i mean i don't want to ask you this question because i don't necessarily want you to influence how i think about the stick right uh is it consistent throughout the whole thing for you or or? this will not be my last ah okay how's that Mm-hmm. As an answer, I mean, I, I look. I've seen the cigar out there. I, I knew it was out there. I was never a big fan of the original Mikaydras. They weren't my flavor profile. Although I'm a huge fan of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. The Sin Compromiso for me is an absolutely spectacular smoke. So I wasn't sure what I was going to get when I smoked the Sakakan here from the Mikaydra uh, Sakakan. But what I've got, ev- everything I'm looking for, absolutely everything. In a gloriously easy, easy profile. I mean, I don't care who you are. This is a medium smoke all day, all night, all the time. It's medium. That's my view of it. Uh, and, and, and I mean, I think some people might say, hey, it might build into a little bit stronger as you go on. Well, yeah, anything can build a little stronger as you go on. But I think it depends on who you are and where your palate is. That nuttiness, that, 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 that sugar sweetness, um, that that undertow very slight undertow of, of pepper and everything that connecticut broadleaf brings because i'm i love connecticut broadleaf i may like connecticut broadleaf more than than cameroon i may really? and i'm a sucker for a cameroon rapper but this just works the question fingers malloy is this in your humidor at 15 dollars a stick look we're in the first third uh yes it is thank you i bought the box they only had one box i bought the box if they had, had three boxes i would have bought all three so is this a limited run no, I just think that he, it, I don't think he made a ton of them, right? Mm-hmm. I think that they, you know, if you weren't a specific retailer, I think that there was a possibility you weren't going to be able to order them if you didn't have other things, you know, depending on how they do their, their business model. What I knew is that it was popular because Sokka's got a, he's got like this, like super fascinating cult following. Yeah. He really does. And so I, there are people who, will we'll travel uh, high and low in order to get 
his smokes and what it is he's doing. And some things I just like and some things I'm like, all right, I'll pass on. Not this. Not this. This at $15, $16, $17 a stick. This is an all this is an all day buy for me. Well, especially when you're looking at something that you're gonna be smoking for 90 minutes to two hours. Yeah, seven and a quarter at 54. There's a lot to this stick. You better be prepared. Make sure you have eaten something. It's not that it's gonna overwhelm you in that way. You just wanna be set. You wanna be ready. Uh, the Sakakan Mika Idra from Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. It is a yes for me all day, all night, all the time. Your water bottle has more bacteria than your toilet seat. Film at 11. I swear to you, isn't that how they start Kentucky Fried Movie? Oh, my goodness. I haven't seen Kentucky Fried Movie, and I think I, I, last time I saw it, I was watching it on Laserdisc. I watched it with my kid and realized two minutes in that I shouldn't be watching this <laughs> with my kid. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. So that right there is Fingers Malloy. Find everything at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Subscribe. Be a part of Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation. We'd love to have you. We appreciate the support. Eatdrinksmokeshow.com. It is a study from Walt Water Filter Guru of Denver. Water Filter Guru. That's a thing? Well, apparently so. And I mean, how could we doubt this study, Tony? He's a guru. True enough. After swabbing several different reusable water bottles, researchers found, researchers found two types of bacteria present. Gram-negative rods, which... I don't know if I'm allowed to say on radio. And uh, is it Bacillus? B-A-C-I-L-L-U-S? And gram-negative rods are commonly associated with hospital-acquired infections and are increasingly, increasingly becoming resistant to antibiotics. Not a joking matter, Tony. No. My God, what the? <laughs> you can't, don't bring that seriousness here. And the other one, Bacillus, can lead to gastrointestinal issues, even though it could be potentially helpful um, uh, as a uh, probiotic, the re- so that's th- healthy. No, not you have so a dirty much. water bottle. I think that this is the same conversation about your cell phone. Do you have any idea how disgusting your cell phone is? I try not to think about it. You bring it into the bathroom, don't you? You bring it uh, uh, to work, don't you? You bring it everywhere. You let other people look at it. You put it on the table at the restaurant. You put it here. You put it there. Lord only knows the last time you washed your pants. Your cell phone is a death trap. No, the only thing I I do on a regular basis, Tony, is I sit my phone right next to my water bottle. Oh, is that it? Yeah. That's cross-contamination. It should be safe. Oh, I guess not because the water filter guru says it's not. Of all the water bottle types, those with spout top and screw top lids contain the most bacteria. Okay. It is very obvious to me that like, you know, you're like you're drinking coffee out of a thermal mm-hmm. right now. And I have uh, a thermal as well. You know the rubber gasket yes. that goes on top of a thermal? You're right, you got the lid, you put it on. Do you take that off when you wash the, the lid? I throw the lid. I'm guilty of this. I throw the lid in the dishwasher. And you don't move the rubber gasket. When I take You the, are dead right now. When I oh please. I get sixty percent of my meals from a gas station. So <laughs> I'm immune. But uh no, I throw it in the dishwasher and uh once I get it out of the dishwasher I, I rinse it off, but probably not as well as I should, according to this study. I take it apart like I'm reassembling my weapon to join Mossad. Every time. Oh my yes. 
every time. I'm getting into the crevices where the coffee dries and it leaves like that kind of film like you left the soup out too long. Oh, every part of it is so, so, so gross. I have a theory about the water bottle. Yes. If you are an individual who just puts water in the water bottle, they don't put any kind of... uh, you know, additive to the water uh, to give it flavor, flavor crystals, Tony. Uh, if you're not the type of person, you just put water in there. I wonder how many people at the end of the day just because I've seen my kids do it and I'm like, you, you got to do more than that. They just dump the the excess water that they didn't drink out into the sink and just rinse it with water thinking, well, it's just my germs and it's just water. I wonder how many people who are just drinking water out of a water bottle don't go the extra mile when it comes to cleaning the water. All of them. All of them, which which should tell us something, which is we are very resilient as a as a species, as a life form. And maybe we shouldn't be so freaked out uh, about germs as we are. That said, I will say that COVID has made me completely addicted to hand sanitizer. And now every place has gotten rid of the hand sanitizer because they don't need the expense anymore. And I'm like, where the hell's the freaking hand sanitizer? And I now rank places and rate them based on whether or not they have that for me. I feel like automotive manufacturers are going to start having hand sanitizer dispensers in their car uh, because it's, it's becoming that common. I have a huge bottle of hand sanitizer in my car and I never used to be a germaphobe but as soon as I leave a grocery store as soon as I leave a gas station especially when you get done pumping gas I hit that hand sanitizer right away yeah I have it in my car too but were you like that before COVID so I'm going to say I wasn't but I should have been like I don't think that's a weird one I think it's a weird one if if you're then afraid to touch anything and, and you're like, you're walking around like a surgeon wondering where who's got the gloves for you. You're like, oh, I can't touch anything. But I, 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 it's just more, it's just smart. It's the freaking gas pump. Do you know how many weirdos touch? Fingers Malloy is at that gas pump before I am. Lord only knows. And this is a guy who gets fed from a gas station. So clearly I need to make sure my hands are sanitized. I sanitize my hands all the time. I just got done telling you I've got three gallons of hand sanitizer in my car. Three gallons. Do you know of people, I still know of people who they wipe down their groceries when they get them back into the house after going to the grocery store. Um, Is that too much for you? Define wipe down groceries. Taking a antibacterial wipe and wiping all the groceries down. The cans, the cans, the boxes. I I mean, can't. not the, not like bananas or anything like that. Something that has a skin, but something that's in a box, something that's in a package, something that's in a can. Wiping it down. Yeah, I I um, I I cannot abide that. That's that's not something I'm I'm, I'm going to do. No, I don't wipe down my my groceries and. I don't think I've ever wiped down. Oh, not even during the pandemic. I don't think I ever did. I don't think so. I thought that was I thought that was a a a rung too far. But I, I mean like if 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 like for example we get a bag of lettuce, right? Let's say we bought it cuz usually we get them cuz we'll get it when it's on sale and we know we're going to have a salad that night. So why not? It's done. It makes sense. But financially then it makes sense. Um I only keep an eye on what's been recalled for listeria. Right, because that that could really hurt you. 
but wipe down my groceries now. No, that's to me. That's crazy. That's the sign of the person who needs who needs to get some help and needs to calm down. My hands? Well, yeah, that that makes perfect sense to sanitize my hands after touching people. <laughs> that's what I struggle with too. Touching after people. after COVID, no, the uh, when we go to a conference or we go somewhere where you're shaking a lot of hands, um, and some of those hands are clammy. Uh, I don't always have hand sanitizer on me, and that that gets to me. Does that grind uh, I, I, your gears? When we are, first of all, grind my gears. Thank you, Peter Griffin. When we are at an event, I always have hand sanitizer on me. Yeah. Always, 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 and I do it in front of people. I don't care if they get insulted. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know I mean, that's your problem. That is totally your problem. What I what I did learn uh, is is that some people are bothered by the fist bump. They think the fist bump means that I think you're dirty. I, I think post-COVID, I, I don't understand how anyone would be bothered by that. Yeah, I, 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 and honestly, uh, some people aren't worthy of a handshake. Oh, jeez. Now, now we're getting discussion. into it. Now we're getting down to it, my friends. Some people, I have learned, are not worthy of embracing my palm. <laughs> Eat, drink, smoke, and it is time for news of the week, which we should have gotten to earlier, Fingers Malloy, but this humidor conversation, uh, it, it, it overtook everything, and now I'm just totally consumed with your humidor issues, three Boveda packs, uh-huh. 75% humidity, 100 stick humidor that is full, and your sticks are dry. Yes. I mean, I, I've been fortunate to where I will, you know, when I cut my cigar, I haven't had anything split. But then I look on the inside, and I'm like, oh, this is this is dry. This is dry. They smoke okay. Uh, and then sometimes I will have an issue cutting it. Where it will, like by the cap, it'll split a little bit, but they just seem dry. Cause, like you said, you can't always rely on what the hygrometer says. When you're, when you're, when the lid of your humidor closes, mm-hmm. do you feel it yes. sink? Yes. That's what's so strange about this whole thing. Oh, and Lord. it's got latches and everything. So, uh, I don't know. I, I, and, and my, I don't have a dry house. Like, we have a humidifier that is connected to the furnace. Yeah, that I, I know people have that. That always freaks me out. I love the concept so you don't wake up in the winter in, in, a, in a place like Indiana and, like, there's there's no saliva left in you and you're like that guy from the movie Seven, mm-hmm. right? I hate that feeling altogether. Uh, but, like, it always freaks me out. Like, somehow it's going to destroy my system. I paid, I added that to the furnace. I think it was something like $600 from what I remember. I don't notice a thing. <laughs> but the girls, the girls in the house, they say, "Oh, it's it's for our hair, and there's not as much static electricity and things like that." And I'm just looking around, saying, "I don't know." You have a difference. mohawk. That well, there's that, right? Yes, uh, but it, it has helped my skin. You know, uh, there was a time, Tony, where a dermatologist would look at me and say, "You have what's called combination skin." Oh, is that right? Yeah, and uh, now I have much more of uh, an even complexion, a rosy glow, a pinkish hue. Youthful glow. Yes. Oh. I was going to go for youthful glow. Youthful we glow. Gotta, we got to look at your humidor thing. We got to figure that out. But it's time, Fingers Malloy. By the way, it's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. <laughs> and that's Fingers Malloy right there. com. Let's hit it now. News of the week. So airline stocks have taken a hit after American Airlines signaled that profits uh, have taken a hit from rising labor and fuel costs, Tony. And this is something that we know. You and I have both looked at airline tickets and 
holy cow. So did you know, I, I, I didn't think I was doing any traveling in the month of April. That all changed. I'm going to the southern border. I I'm am, sorry? I am doing, I'm going, I, I got invited to go with a group. I am doing a tour of the southern border. I'm meeting with Border Patrol. I'm actually going to be walking the fence lines. I'm going to be in the places. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll, t- I'll talk more about it next week. It, I, I'm super excited. So I bought my ticket to fly down to McAllen, Texas. Oh, yeah. This is happening in real time, Fingers Malloy. Uh, but I think it's interesting that all the airlines would take a hit if... If just American Airlines is feeling this issue, which means not just American Airlines is feeling this issue, and how are they feeling the issue? Because I'm the one paying the price because my <laughs> plane ticket to McAllen was nuts. Well, I think Delta Airlines also had some labor issues, uh, United as well. So much of this is fuel costs too, right? I Everything is going up. Everything has gone up. Uh, I mean, we have talked about going to Vegas and you look at the airfare from Indianapolis to Las Vegas, it is, and, and look, I know the pandemic changed a lot of things. There are less flights domestically. You know, they're, they've talked about labor shortages uh, in the airline industry that has uh, made uh, prices go up as well. But, Tony, I never paid more than $250 for a round-trip ticket to Vegas. And you might know this about me, Tony. I, I go to Vegas a lot. What? I enjoy the Las Vegas. I love seeing Wayne Newton. Is that right? Yes. Can't he get enough. He loves you. As well he should. But try to find a round-trip ticket for less than 250 to Las Vegas now. It's impossible. You know, I still haven't booked our flights. I've got the hotel. Yeah. That's all done. That took seven and a half seconds. The flights have been impossible, and it's, finding a nonstop has been impossible. Yeah. It's Indianapolis. We, we, this airport wins awards every single year. The best this, the best that, the best the other. Your mother wishes she had an airport like this. And, and now it's try and find a nonstop. Nonstop to Vegas is extremely difficult. Yeah, and what I'm finding when I do price tickets, I used to do this back in the day, a little bit, but now it's splitting airlines, not taking the same airline on the return flight as the departure. That? What's not to trust? Well, I don't know. Every part of that. <laughs> like, I, and it doesn't make any sense because a connection is a connection is a connection. But like, I'm going to end up in terminal one and, you know, <laughs> gates one through 30. And I'm going to need to go to terminal six, uh, gates four billion through five billion and seven. Square. Well, I don't do that. Uh, you know, I don't split the ticket up as far as two different airlines flying out and two different airlines flying back. I'm talking about a direct flight there on one airline oh. and a direct airline back on another. Uh, I, I've never really had a problem doing that. You sound like you're apprehensive about doing something like that. I, I think that I need to uh, be less apprehensive. I think that's it. But the costs, yeah. I, I am amazed when I see people traveling, how they're doing it. Now, last summer, we saw a tremendous amount of travel, an outrageous amount of travel. And, and as you explained it, these were the people who had all of their trips planned and then had them ruined by COVID. Yeah. Right? So they were, they were going no matter what. It didn't matter the cost. They already had it booked. They were going. 
I want to see what happens this summer. I'm fascinated to see whether or not it keeps up because la- it's it's all anecdotal. But even the airline said it was a good year. Everybody was going somewhere. I'm like, how are they affording this? Well, now if I go with your theory, which I think you're right, by the way, that they had these things already kind of pre-planned. What are we going to see? What are we going to see this summer? And if tourism is down, that's just another that's just another punch in the face. And I don't want the. There's only so many punches to the face that these these uh, markets can take. Well, you have mentioned this previously on the show, and I think you're right. You know, we keep hearing about how we're heading into a recession if we're not already in a recession. And yet you go to the restaurants and they're still full. Uh, I wonder if when it comes to the, the bigger ticket purchases, when it comes to, say, travel, if we're going to see a downturn in the travel industry because of people's concern about the economy and these high prices. Uh, so, so as some people have explained to me, when we talk about this, and we have uh, addressed this on the show, if you take a look at, at as we discuss anecdotally, you've got restaurants full and people shopping in, in, in malls. They also haven't been spending on some of the things they may normally spend on because those things aren't available. Like, for example, a new car. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't buy the new house because interest rates went too high, so they're in the house that they're in. So what they actually have to some level is an expendable income. Because they didn't spend the money on the other new things. So therefore, they feel the need to spend the money on something. And it's a, it, it's kind of fascinating because you, you could see it. But then you realize that that's a weird psychological need. Yeah. They, had to, they, they couldn't get the thing that they wanted because the thing they wanted was unavailable or was priced out. So they felt they had to get something to make themselves feel good about the fact that, well, at least they got this. If that's true, psychologically, that is stunning to me and, and, and really worth some, some serious, serious consideration. Yeah, the other thing that's really been strange about post-COVID travel is the airport experience still hasn't recovered. You go to the airport and the amount of restaurants that still aren't open or they're open very limited hours because they can't staff, uh, you know, still going to airports at five o'clock in the afternoon on a Tuesday and they're saying we're closing for the day. You're like, it's, it's five o'clock. Like, we're lucky enough to be able to uh, be open for one shift because of these labor issues. You wonder when that's going to change. It's not, it's not. Why, why should a younger generation go work in a restaurant when they could be a YouTube star or a TikTok star they're, they're, or, or flip garage sales? The world's changed. Tea, drink, smoke. Our new book, Let's Go Bourbon, the bourbon reader you've always needed, is now available on Amazon.com and our website, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Pick up a copy today. Ezra Brooks, Lux Row. It's luxrowdistillers.com, and we've actually covered some of their bourbons before. The Davies County, and I think we've done the Blood Oath as well. But the Ezra Brooks 99 has been sitting in my liquor cabinet for, well, forever. And I said, now is the time to bring it out. It's Eat, Drink, Smoke. I'm Tony Katz. And that right there is America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. And Fingers Malloy, the Ezra Brooks 99 straight bourbon, no age statement, 
and coming in at 99 proof, just under the applause line. Anything over 100 proof gets applause from Fingers Malloy. The people over at BreakingBourbon.com do have the mash bill as we sit outside on an incredible, incredible day in Indianapolis, Indiana. We're actually sitting on uh, my back deck. 78% corn, 10% rye, and 12% malted barley. High corn, that should be a sweet, sweet pup. Yeah, I would think so. I, it, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, I have we done anything Ezra Brooks before? I want to say yes, but I can't remember what. I can't remember where we would we would have done it. We are close to what four years? Yeah, four full years. And you believe that? And and we've had so much bourbon, we forget what we've reviewed. Exactly. God bless America. We opened the bottle. And we're outdoors, 99 proof. Open the bottle. And Fingers was like a good three feet, four feet from the bottle. He's like, whoo. <laughs> it was 99 proof. You could smell it from there. That that was kind of uh, uh, amazing. Oh. It's gorgeous, though. It's very, very classic bourbon there. On that nose. I mean, it is a, a kind of golden, uh, golden honey. Is is the color that I I would uh, describe this as? Not much viscosity, not really sticking uh, to the glass. We're using rocks glasses today instead instead of the Glen Cairn glass. But that's a classic. That's a classic bourbon, baby. It is so nice on the nose. Oak, vanilla, caramel, Boop. right there. What was all, that again? Boop. Okay. Right there, all mixing. That's that's the classic, man. A little lighter than normal, but that's the classic. The nose right there, and there isn't any kind of al- ethanol alcohol on the nose at all. It is just as you described it: vanilla, some wood. Oh, that is just so nice. But again, it, it was it was really funny. You poured this, and this glass was a good three and a half feet away from me, and I was like, "Oh wow, I'm I'm catching something on the nose already." Yeah, it it came out really really. Really big. I I do like uh, that nose. I do like the presentation of the bottle. It's a little old timey, like you would you would see at the local apothecary. <laughs> wow, that's uh, right. I I've never been to a an apothecary. The apothecary. I I don't, I don't know what that is. Apothecary. Apothecary. But this is a, a nice nice nose. This is a nice feel to it on this Ezra E Z R A Ezra is, Brooks ninety nine bourbon. Is there a little bit of and I and I hate to to say this. I almost am getting a little bit of licorice on the nose. Uh, that's you. Yeah. That's and I'm, not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just, I, I don't. But I get a little more ethanol than you do. Like mm. there's a little bit of whoo right there. We have, we have done 120 proof bourbons that don't have this kind of nose to it at all. And, and, and the nose is, is lovely. It's just as I dig in deeper, I get a little bit of like a little bit of, ooh, oh my, jeepers. Look at that. Fingers Malloy, the Ezra Brooks in 99. You ready for this? Tony, I've been ready for this all day. Fingers Malloy and I, we start it neat and then decide whether to add a little bit of water, add some ice chips, or bring it to a big rock. He's going to do the Kentucky Chew, move it around the palate, get a feel for it. Sometimes you want to do two sips. First one to set the taste buds. Second one to really get the flavors. Fingers? Vanilla on the nose, chocolate on the palate. What? Yeah. Uh, it's uh, got a little bit of, of chocolate. Uh, the oak is there. And th- there's a a spice to it as well. Not at all what I was expecting. 
So I'm going to be interested to see if you're chocolate. Getting, yeah, a little bit of chocolate. Oh, I'm going to clean out the palate here, and maybe my palate's all messed up from the uh, the two fisting of coffee all day. But that's that's what I'm getting. All right, I'm going in the Ezra Brooks 99.99 proof. Uh, this is their bourbon. No age statement on the bourbon, so I don't know how old this is. Uh, to your health, fingers Malloy. Here I go. To right. my health, fingers Malloy. He's going in, ladies and gentlemen. He's doing the Saginaw swish. He's still swishing. It's a sweet swish. Okay. Um. Uh, that's not chocolate. No. Oh, wait a second. That might be chocolate. That's weird. Because that's chocolate and it's also peanut. Right? There's a nutty there, too. Dude, that's just, this is as classic of a bourbon taste as we have gotten from a bourbon in a long time. We just haven't had a chance to have a bourbon that still brought you uh, some uh, a touch of oak, but really got into that caramel, got into that vanilla, that that nut. And and is that chocolate or is that like a like a brown sugar? Is that chocolate or is that a brown sugar? Either way, it's interesting. No, either way, it's drinkable and neat. Yeah, and I don't want to move it. I can see either that. way. Like that's that's better than I thought it would be because it's it's hitting the base flavors and it's hitting the base flavors perfectly, like absolutely positively. Perfectly. Some people may want a little bit more. You might want some more punch in, in this. You might want uh, some some more oak in this. You might want uh, a, a, a little more complexity. Man, nah, nah. I'm I'm there. The question fingers is in the is this in your liquor cabinet at twenty six ninety nine a bottle? Yes. Twenty seven bucks. Yeah. Are you crapping me? In today's market? Yeah. Wow. I mean that's 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 very drinkable neat at $26 a bottle. I think it really presents good value. It's not it's it's almost 100 proof. We're at 99 proof. It doesn't it, there's no harshness to it. It doesn't feel like it's uh uh there's a high alcohol content on the nose or on the palate. There is a little bit of sting on the tongue. I didn't get any burn on the chest at no, all. Literally, I didn't, I didn't even think to say it. No no sting on the tongue, no burn in the in the chest at all. In the finish, I, I, I have much less oak. I would love a little more oak on the finish. But this bottle is going to work for the entire table. This bottle is, this This is your make old fashions bourbon. This is a, it's going to work. Just pour yourself a glass and don't worry about it bourbon. Twenty six ninety nine. Are you kidding? That's insane. We have had plenty of fifty and sixty dollar bottles lately, where we're like, it's good, but didn't hit the classic notes like this. I could use a little more oak. That's that is really. But it. if that's your complaint at twenty six dollars a bottle, it's not a complaint. It's, it's yeah. just what I would prefer. Right? No, this is happening in my life. This is happening in my life at real time. In real time, the Ezra Brooks. 99 this uh coming from the people at Lux Row Lux L U X Lux Row Distillers.com fingers I I assume this is going to be in your running for uh, bourbon of the year it could be because of the value right I mean $26 yeah. that's that's very good at that price yeah it is yeah it is
Ezra Brooks 99. You got to check it out for yourself. Fingers, you are what we call in the business a classy man. That's true. You are you are Mr. Classy. That's true. That's what they say. You know, anytime somebody uses the term classy, I immediately think you are the most low rent piece of trash in the history of mankind. I think of mud flaps that say classy lassie on them. Mud flaps. Do you drink smoke? <laughs> mud flaps. I'm Tony Katz. That is Fingers Malloy. Find your mud flaps at eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Uh, the people over at hackspirit.com have created a list. And as you know, we are damn fools and suckers for a list. There it is. Bit of applause for Eat Drink Smoke lists right there. This is a list of 11 things classy people don't complain about. Okay. And for creating a list describing how classy you are that you don't complain about things, that's completely unclassy. Mm. The first one on the list is personal setbacks. Now, did I tell you about the 20% pay cut I took three years ago? No. Why don't you uh, tell me about it? It was, it was terrible. I took a 20% pay cut three years ago. Sounds like a personal setback. Uh, and you're telling me about it. You're not classy. Oh, drat. Is, is there an issue with discussing with a friend? You will not believe this. Because you're discussing it. Then, of course, the question is, so what is the plan now? Well, plans to do this and do that and do the other. We all have setbacks. If you can't share that with, with a friend... Then, then what's the point? And that's different than saying, can you believe what they did to me? And then three years later, can you believe what they did to me? Do you think that some of this, there is differences with gender when it comes to this? I don't hang out with a lot of guys that will, they, they may talk a little bit about their problems, but you can almost feel after a while that one person that complains a little too much at the table, they're, they're sucking the energy out of the room and the other guys will, will completely either tune them out or say, suck it up, buttercup, we all have problems. Yeah, uh, I do not believe this is about gender. I believe that peop there are people out there who love to complain. They adore complaining. They live and die to complain. The complaining is their raison d'etre. Their, their complaining is somehow proving something right the complaining is 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 proof of uh I, I don't know maybe maybe you think you're working through the problem by complaining about the problem but you're not right uh, trying to trying to work through a problem is one thing constantly complaining about the same thing i think guys do that just as much as women you do i Absolutely. feel i feel like guys will just internalize all of that and rarely share their problems until it it <laughs> <laughs> it becomes an ulcer? Yes, it turns into just this ball of stress in your abdomen. Until it becomes a medical condition. Yeah, exactly. Rather than sharing with their, their guy friends. I would say that that is a relic of a bygone era that we should bring back. <laughs> People should tell us less about their problems and more solving the problem. But I don't think... There's, but that's. I'm just saying there is a difference, right? There's a difference between saying "son of a" and you will not believe, and boom, and boom, and then working through it. That's different than saying "oh, woe is me" and doing the whole Eeyore thing. You're you're saying that right now a lot of people have the mindset that sharing is caring, where the mindset should be sharing. I'm not caring, is what is what you're saying. Oh, the people who believe that sharing is caring are exactly the kind of people who need to be told to stop. <laughs> If you hear someone say, well, you know, sharing is caring, 
You're the problem. You are uh, the problem. Uh, classy people don't talk about inconveniences. The weather's too hot. The weather's too cold. The traffic, long wait in line, a delayed flight, waking up on the first day of the work week. Now, I will tell you something right now. You've known me a long time, yes. Fingers Malloy. Have you ever heard me use a cliche in your life? Have you ever heard me say, thank God it's Friday? Have you ever heard me say, well, it's a Monday? Have you ever, ever heard me say anything that Garfield the Cat would say? Have you ever heard me talk about lasagna? Uh, nothing. I have heard you say on several occasions, you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have the facts of life. I believe if you don't quote Edna Garrett at least once a week, you can't be living a good life. <laughs> I'm, ju I'm, ju I'm just saying, I think that every priest in America should immediately put that in their Sunday Mass. Well, no, you don't use cliches, even though I'm looking at uh, your mug right now that you're drinking coffee uh, out of, and it says, don't talk to me until I have my morning coffee. It does not it say says that. that right on his mug. It does not say <laughs> You are an awful person. Um. There is there is nothing wrong with a casual bit of conversation. There's something wrong if that's all you can talk about. Yeah. People who talk in cliches. If I I so I have a, a new morning show producer, right? You, you guys know that I do morning radio in Indianapolis on 93.1 FM WIBC. Fingers Malloy uh, does radio on Wham Talk 1600 there in Michigan. I do a midday syndicated radio show. We do video work. We, we do a lot of stuff. And I have a new morning show producer. Super, super nice kid. 23. 23. And producing my show. Mm -hmm. Dude, trial by fire. <laughs> We, we do a lot of interesting stuff. It's not super easy. And it was like the second week he was on, he did this the first uh, Monday we were, we were together. And the following Monday, he goes, so how was your weekend? <laughs> and I said to him, man, look, you're going to do fine, but you, you don't have to do that. You don't have to. Now, part of me knows, like, I am such a jerk. I am such, such a bastard. Like, he's asking. He's being polite. He's being kind. He's new to the gig. And me, I'm like, yeah, let's, let's, let's not. Let's let's do the work and let's learn about each other from there. But you don't know. Maybe you just lifted a tremendous weight off of his shoulders. Maybe he hates small talk just as much as you do. That's impossible. <laughs> That's absolutely impossible. Uh, number five. So so again again I just want to say. Uh, inconveniences. That's just casual conversation stuff, and then it moves on to other things. All they talk about is how they were inconvenienced. If the story goes on for a week, well, then that's a problem. Number five on this list is health issues. Oh, have I told you about my gout? I was going to tell you about my rash. So, so you first? My left toe is the size of Cuba. My, my rash looks like Cuba. <laughs> this radio show is terrible. <laughs> how, how are we not number one? How are we not displacing Rogan? What the hell is going on here? I smell Marconi. True crime's my ass. <laughs> this is gold, Jerry. Um, okay, now this is true. This is very, very true. We have both reached an age where our parents have reached an age where every day is some other kind of health uh, calamity. Yeah. I now speak to my father, be like, hey, what's going on? And the first six minutes of the conversation is a litany of the doctors and the things. I actually said to him, you have to stop. 
I know what's going on. Unless there's something brand new, and unless you're coming to me from an ICU, no. No, you, this can't be, this cannot be the way we talk. You can't have a conversation where when the phone rings and you see it's your parent, because I have to do this sometimes too, love my dad, I have the same issues when it comes to these conversations, where you look up in the air and you sigh, because you know the first five minutes is going to be nothing but health issues. And and look, this isn't about love of parents, it's just right. about a, a, a reality. I don't hear this as much from... My uh, generation of people. But I don't think it does makes you classless. Now, Fingers Malloy and I had a discussion last week that created a bit of a row. A row? A row. A, 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 a brouhaha. Wow. Yeah. I'm used to creating a hootenanny. Tea, drink, smoke. I'm Tony Katz. <laughs> You're an idiot. <laughs> and that is Fingers Malloy. Uh, right there, find everything, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. And, and we, we haven't gotten to news of the week. We, we might not because, because uh, you know, we're, we're drinking the Ezra Brooks 99-proof $27 a bottle. The answer is yes. And the Saka Con, the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, Mika Idra Black Saka Con, 7.25-inch by 54. I'm just getting into the final third, Fingers Malloy. You are almost done. Yeah. Um, this cigar is magnificent. It is magnificent. And the 99 proof, 99 problems and an empty glass ain't one. Oh, look at you. See what I did there? Look at you. Yeah. You're the Jay-Z of Eat, Drink, Smoke. Oh. That's what you are. If right I had there. a nickel for every time I heard that, I'd have a nickel. I will take being the Beyonce. Just every now and then, just give me a yes queen. That's all I'm asking for. The conversation was about hot dogs. And the conversation was about whether or not you are allowed to put ketchup on a hot dog. To which the answer is... No. Yes. Of course one can put ketchup on a hot dog. Isn't that right, Fingers Malloy? Of course you can if you are eight. So this this led to a uh, a a detailed conversation, and this led to uh, a sharing on social media, which exploded. Follow us on Twitter at Go Eat, Drink, Smoke. And people losing their minds. And some people saying, do what you want. Some people saying, of course. And some people, Fingers, agreeing with you with levels of anger and vitriol uh, <laughs> that, that cannot possibly, possibly be explained. Um, uh, can you describe what it is you've been researching this, going over the responses from Eat, Drink, Smoke Nation? They're on Twitter. Go Eat, Drink, Smoke on Twitter. Uh, what people have been saying? Well, I have to tell you, Tony, that... I would say about 90% of the people who have responded to this video, responded to the segment about how you top a hot dog, agree with me saying ketchup does not belong on a hot dog. Right. Uh, calling you out uh, a little bit too personally sometimes, as far as I'm concerned, was not a fan of that. Uh, but who called me out oh, personally? Uh, awful, ugly things. Tony. Oh, were they? Oh, ugly things. Were they awful or were they ugly? Awful and ugly. Oh, my gosh. But uh, then there were other people chiming in, saying things that uh, were just as offensive to me. Just as awful and ugly? Yes, as putting ketchup on a hot dog. Uh, try this one on for size, Tony. Sure. Mayonnaise on a hot dog. Yeah, I don't. I, don't, I, I have somebody I work with who says that uh, they don't do hot dogs, they do brats, and they put mayo on their brats. That's right, Fingers Malloy. 
Just picture that swirling around. I actually saw this as a menu item at a hot dog stand. They called it the Ipecac dog. <laughs> That's what they called it. Well played. Thank you. That's Mayonnaise. A, that's a great 1894 reference right there. <laughs> you chase it down with a tall, cool glass of sarsaparilla. Um, uh, I, I uh, have never, ever, ever tried uh, mayonnaise on a hot dog, and, 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 and I shan't. And I shan't. But the, the, the person I work with who does their brats with mayo never had uh, pineapple and banana pepper on a pizza and thought it was disgusting. So I sent them a pineapple <laughs> and banana pepper pizza to try uh, for, them, for themselves. Um, there were people who put Miracle Whip on their hot dogs. I, I don't know what to do with that. Uh, well, you know, uh, we, have, we have a unique fan base. We, and, I, and I'm very appreciative. We do. I did see, you know, a lo- there are trends, Tony on social media where people will film what they call hack videos. Here's a hack for this or a hack for that, a way to do things uh, that you may not have experienced before. And I saw a, it was a grilled cheese sandwich hack. By the way, a few days ago was National Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day. I don't know how we missed that. For for some of us, every day is National Grilled Cheese Sandwich Day. Uh, thank you. This person, and apparently this went viral, Tony, on on uh, the Instagram and the and the TikToks. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Instead of buttering their bread on the grilled cheese and putting it in the pan, they used mayonnaise. And, I, I can see that. And people were saying, "Oh, this is awful!" And then they tried it, and they, and many people said, "This is the best grilled cheese sandwich I've oh, I ever can had." See that. that makes sense to me. Mayonnaise on a hot dog is a fundamentally different thing. Yeah. But the vast majority of people were with you. Yes. The answer is mustard and onion. Just no ketchup. But they had all different, you know, a lot of people were chili dog people. Uh, basic mustard, the yellow mustard with onions. Some people said you can't put just plain yellow mustard on a hot dog. You got to yeah, put, put spicy mustard on no, a hot no, dog. No, no, no. No, no. I think the important part here is that the hot dog is kosher. Ah, a hot dog to be a hot dog has to be all beef. Now I'm ready to fight. I, you you, you want to argue the ketchup thing, the mustard thing, the relish? Thing. You're anti-relish. It's very weird. Relish is cold pickle stew. It's delicious. <laughs> I could eat it out of the jar. <laughs> That's how much I love it. Oh. But to be a hot dog, it has to be an all beef hot dog. I no, agree no, with no. you. One. Not 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 this 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 pork mix. Sorry. Sorry, if, if that, look, if that's what you do, right, there's an affordability question, I get it. Yeah. But if I'm doing hot dogs, all beef, or or it's not happening, it's not coming out of my house. I completely agree with you. To me, having, uh, and, and again, you, you said this, and it is the case, if it is a cost issue, that's one thing. But if you can afford to buy all beef hot dogs, to me, it, it's like buying turkey bacon. I'm not a fan of turkey bacon. Yeah, uh, we do turkey bacon uh, in, in in the house, and uh, and we are wrong. <laughs> we are. Uh, it's 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 wrong, and and I know it's wrong, and you know it's wrong, and we all know it's wrong. But somehow we eat the turkey bacon. We're like, mmm. Anytime you say just like the real thing, no, it's not. No, it's not. But my question for you, we we've, we've documented this over the history of eat, drink, smoke. You can't eat bread. So when you order a burger, you just eat the patty. You don't eat the bun. Are you are you just eating a hot dog without a bun? Whoa, wait, wait, what? 
Are you eating the hot dog without the bun? Yeah, usually. Oh, so how do you top? Are you dipping it? Like it's, it's dipping. Yeah, it's more deconstructed than anything else. But I don't do chopped onions on a hot dog. How could you? Well, you can't dip. Co- you can't dip your hot dog in onion. And Costco got rid of the onion guy. Oh. Still has you upset. I am upset about that. So basically, you're having uh, hot dog nuggets, is what you're doing. That's gross when you say it that way. <laughs> Why would you say it that way? That's what you're doing. Get that thought out of my head right now. You're having hot dog nuggets. We'll get you a little dipping cup and, with the ketchup. And uh, do you mix the... So you, you have hot dogs with ketchup, and is there any other condiment other than... Sometimes ketchup, sometimes mustard, sometimes relish. How do you, how do you dip it in... You just this put is, it on the this, fork. This, this I have to see this. We have or to maybe do some, a ladle, <laughs> a ladle of hot dog. <laughs> we have to do a we have to do a hot dog video. This has to happen. Oh, this is going to happen, and then people are going to watch me cut my hot dog up and eat it. Do you use a toothpick? No, I don't use a toothpick. What? 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 You know what? Do you use a spork? If one's available. A spork would be beautiful, I would think, because you would have the utility of a spoon where you could have the relish uh, on the spoon. It's not falling off the fork, so you could do the hot dog nugget uh, with the proper condiments. You know, the more you talk, the more I realize I do have a problem. <laughs> I need to I need to fix this. Post haste. Immediately. <laughs> Big Pharma, can't you come up with... <laughs> Can't you come up with a pill that Tony can consume that will allow him to have a hot dog bun? You know, one day we'll get back to doing the show properly and do news of the week. That's <laughs> that's going to happen. The Ezra Brooks 99 proof, $27 a bottle. The answer is yes. The answer is yes at $27 a bottle. Easy, simple, some classic bourbon flavors. I would love a little more oak out of the thing. I think this thing, even though there's no age statement, I would argue it's it's a little younger. Yeah. And maybe if it had a little more time in the barrel, some of those things would be more pronounced. And from Steve Saka, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, the Mika Idra Saka Khan. Damn, this is a good smoke. $15, $16, $17 a stick, whatever. The answer is yes. Find everything, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. This is Eat Drink Smoke. Follow Eat Drink Smoke on social media, on Twitter, at Go Eat Drink Smoke, on Facebook, facebook.com slash eatdrinksmoke, and Instagram, at Eat Drink Smoke Podcast.